let's just love GM a second. Yeah, seriously. I would like to ask you to consider making an offering to His Heart Missions. Uh, you know, usually when people that are part of our body uh, speaks, we don't ask the congregation to make an offering, but we try to give them something. But, you know, I want you to ask the Lord this morning if you're supposed to, to make an offering. And you can make it to River Life. You can put for Jim, you know, if you use the, all the electronic stuff, or, or for Jim in your check. You can do that, and he'll get every bit of it. Amen? Amen. But I, th- I want you to know that what he does with his life he is, is kingdom. It really is. It's the kingdom of God. And so I'm happy that we were able to connect him with how God has used him really all over the world for years. And, and, and even now, even though he can't go places, he's doing a lot of amazing stuff right from his house, making stuff happen. So let's give him a big hand. And just, you know, at the end of the service or during the service, sometimes you want to write a check or do a little electronic thing, you can. Um, thank you. Um, you know, I love the body of Christ. They say beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And I behold great beauty here today. Uh, I, I'm a guy who most of the time feels like I don't have anything to say to anybody. Uh, and then all of a sudden, some kind of switch flips, and I've got more to say than I possibly got time to say it. So uh, I was on a conference call the other day with um, a group of pastors, and they're all from the greater New York area. And uh, as, as we were uh, talking about things, the Lord spoke to me. And, and it, was, it was like a commission and a change. And what he said to me was, no mas pelo en la lengua. I don't know, I don't know if that uh, saying is universally Spanish, but I know it's a good saying in Argentina and Paraguay where I learned to speak Spanish. And basically, it, it, the, the, the literal translation is, no more hair on the tongue. No more hair on the tongue. Now, it'll take me a whole paragraph to explain to you gringos what that means. But uh, basically, it is said of a person who just blurts out the truth right straight in your face with no softening agents included. You know, he's not going to make the words gentle and, and sweet. He's just going to tell you the truth. Okay? I think that may be a commission and a change for the entire body of Christ. I do not believe that we need to soften the truth anymore. I believe we need to speak the truth in love. And yesterday at that uh, um, love life thing, I saw people confronting uh, something that is diabolically evil, which is the murder of children. 
But they, were, they did not condemn anyone. They spoke about the, the situations that many mothers get into where there's no man that's going to step in there and help them and they don't have any resources and they can't see any way forward and they think that the only option for their survival is to terminate that pregnancy, to terminate that baby's life. But that is a lie from the devil. That is a lie from the devil. But they also said that Nine out of ten times, if the man will step up and say, I'll help you and I'll be by your side and we'll do this together nine out of ten times, the woman will not make the decision to abort that baby's life. Because I'm telling you, raising Matthew is going to be a team sport. Requiere más que uno. But he's not going to have any pelo en su lengua. He's going to speak the word of God with boldness. He's going to speak the word of God with boldness. Uh, during this week, I, I, you're supposed to start everything with a funny story, so here's my version of that right now. Uh, and um, I, I got to thinking about... I, 50 years ago, in the fall of 1970, I was backed into a corner by one of the elders at the Lamb's Chapel, literally backed into the corner. He put his hand on my chest. He held me in the corner at a little prayer meeting and, for all intents and purposes, forced me to ask Jesus Christ into my heart. The only way I had out of that corner is if I hit this little old man because he wasn't going to let me go until I made the experiment to pray uh, the sinner's prayer with him just to see if it was real. Now, the, the miraculous thing is it worked. <laughs> and then they asked me if I wanted to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and I said, sure, why not? Because my cosmology, my philosophy of the world was try anything, and if you like it, do it again. So I said, sure. I'd never heard of the Holy Spirit, didn't know you could be filled with Him. So I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and my life changed. My life changed. I was born again. I was delivered from all kinds of things, and nobody cast any demons out. But when the Holy Spirit came in, all the bad stuff went out. I think one of the most... Uh, uh, precious deliverance prayers I ever heard in my life was by John R. Knott. When the outpouring was going on in, uh, in Toronto, Canada, I saw him go by somebody that was manifesting demons, and John laid his hand on the guy's chest and said, all the bad stuff out and all the good stuff in. I, I think that's it. And wow, the guy got delivered. But anyway, so this guy, Otis Reeder, the man that led me to the Lord and prayed for me to be filled with the Holy Spirit that day, uh, back in the fall of 1970, uh, I met Kathy at that ministry as well. One cold February morning, we broke the ice and were both baptized in Lake Norman. <laughs> Harry Bazell literally broke the ice on the cove in front of his boathouse and we were dunked in the frigid water. That was the first thing Kathy and I ever did together, and it was a huge blessing. You know, about nine months later, we were getting married, and uh, I asked Otis Reeder to sing a song. 
at our wedding. And this is the song he threatened to sing up until the rehearsal at the wedding, the night before the wedding, this was the song he promised he was going to sing. Now, he wound up singing the New Jerusalem. You know, he was one of those dramatic singers. But this is the song he threatened to sing at our wedding. The fight is on, but be not weary. Be strong and in his might hold fast. If God is for us, his banner o'er us, we'll sing the victor song at last. I thought that's what he was really going to sing at the wedding. But I loved Otis enough to let him do it. But that's the word of the Lord for us today. The fight is on, but be not weary. The fight is on. Whether we like it or not, we are in the midst of unprecedented spiritual warfare on a culture-wide basis. Worldwide, I have connections with people in several different nations around the world. And in all the nations of the world, there is an onslaught of demonically inspired lies that is trying to destroy the kingdom of God. Because the enemy knows that that which you and I have prayed for for years is about to begin. When the enemy rages on, when all of the demonic forces in hell are trying to divide us by every means and lie possible, that means that they know that we're in store for a visitation from Almighty God. And He's going to get glory in the earth through the body of Christ, through His people in this day while I'm still alive. I'm going to see it. was going to be really calm. You know, for the last uh, uh, several years, maybe a decade, maybe 15 years, we've heard several church leaders talk about the seven areas of influence in society. We've, we've heard, uh, uh, you know, the seven mountains um, uh, Bill Bright with uh, Campus Crusade for Christ, a very conservative organization. He basically had the same revelation. Lauren Cunningham with uh, Youth with a Mission, who is the mission organization who sent out more missionaries than any other missionary organization in Christian history. And he taught about these areas of influence as well. But... Uh, and, and those areas are, and, and, and just listen to this, are not all of these areas in culture and society under attack today? All of these things. The enemy is twisting them, corrupting them, attacking them. In the area of religion, uh, what we saw here this morning, dedicating that precious, miraculous baby, and then sending people we love off to a new 
start it with their life, a new season in their life in the body of Christ. And, and yesterday I saw people with love in their hearts and compassion in their hearts saying to those women that were going into the abortion clinic, Hey, listen, you got other options. We'll pay your medical bills. We'll take care of you financially for the first two years of this baby's life. But if you feel like you can't handle it, if you don't have a support system, will somebody will take that baby home and give it a mama and daddy. And, the, and you know, it's like the real deal compassion of Jesus Christ being demonstrated. It's time for the church. I saw the church in her glory yesterday. That was the love of God extended to hurting people in the midst of their crisis. But the enemy wants to twist everything. Wants to twist everything. One of the agitators that was here yesterday said something was was so it it was so ridiculous that it caused me to laugh inside. One of the she was just obviously like demon possessed. I mean, really just trying to get in your face and look at me, look at me, trying to distract you from your prayer, you know. And she said, Jesus isn't God, he's a socialist icon. I got to calm down, you know. The, that I, I just noticed I, I wasn't COVID compliant. That's why. I, I, but the areas of religion, our families. What more unnatural thing can there be in a family than for a mother and father to say, "No, I want to kill my child." Listen, Kathy and I lost four kids to prematurity. I've held my 28-week baby girl in my arms as she breathed her last breath. And if I could have changed my life for hers, it would have not been heroic. It would have not been brave. It would have just been natural. That's the most natural thing in the world. But the enemy has corrupted all that and made it seem unnatural. Education. You think the enemy has taken the ground in education? John Dewey is widely recognized by the National Educators Association is the father of American modern American education. He modeled it after the Bolshevik Russian model. He actually did a tour of Russia after the Bolshevik Revolution and came home to Columbia University and tried to model American uh, education after what he saw there. It's in your history books. He also co-authored and signed the first humanist manifesto. This is just one of the little quotes from that manifesto. He said, Humanism asserts that the nature of the universe depicted by modern science makes unacceptable any supernatural or cosmic 
guarantees of human values. In other words, nothing's right or wrong, and there ain't no God. Uh, now, I'm, that's not just my interpretation of what he said, because that's the humanist tradition. Do you know what the motto of the American Humanist Association is on their own webpage? Good without God. And then their slogan or their mission statement is advocating progressive values and equality for humanists, atheists, and free thinkers. In the Humanist magazine, uh, the January-February edition of 1983, John uh, Dufany, I guess, I don't know how you pronounce his last name, uh, wrote this. He says, the battle for mankind's future must be waged and won in the public school classroom. The classroom must and will become the arena of conflict between the old and new between the rotting corpse of Christianity and the new faith of humanism. Do you think there's a battle for the minds and hearts of the young people going on? Mm -hmm. uh, National Educators Association specialist Bob Hobner said this, the schools cannot allow parents to influence the kind of values education their children receive in school. That is what is wrong with those who say there is a universal system of values. Do you believe that there is a universal right and wrong? Do you believe there's a universal set of values? That song set that we did in worship this morning was a declaration of the Christian cosmology. It was a doctrinal statement of what we believe about our origins and how we relate to God's creation. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to steal the, the words for all of these songs off of somebody's thing up here because they were fabulous. That was the greatest worship set that was, that was fabulous. It says uh, that it's wrong to say there is a universal system of values. Our goals are incompatible with theirs. We must change their values. You see, the humanist movement has been active and alive and well behind the scenes in modern American education to the point that some statistics shows that up to 88% of students from Christian homes have renounced their faith before they graduate from college. The, the fight is on, but be not weary. The fight is on, but be not weary. Okay? I want you to listen to this next little paragraph I'm going to read and see if it sounds like every night's newscast. 
corrupt the young, get them away from religion, get them interested in sex, make them superficial, destroy their ruggedness. You've ever a new term that we've heard around is toxic masculinity. That I don't think anybody ever said that when I was a boy. Make them superficial. Destroy their ruggedness. Get control of all means of publicity and thereby get people's mind off of their government by focusing their attention on athletics, sexy books, and plays and other trivialities. Divide the people into hostile groups by constantly harping on controversial matters of no importance. That sounds like every news organization I know of, left and right. Destroy the people's faith in their natural leaders by holding them up to ridicule, contempt, and disgrace brought about by public abuse. Always preach true democracy, but seize power as fast and ruthlessly as possible. Encourage government extravagance, destroy its credit, Produce fear with rising prices, inflation, and general discontent. Foment unnecessary civil disorders and foster a soft and lenient attitude on the part of government towards such disorders. By specious arguments cause the breakdown of the old moral values such as honesty, sobriety, Faith in the pledged word and ruggedness. Cause the registration of all firearms on some pretext with the view of confiscating them and leaving the population defensive. That was written by Vladimir Lenin in 1921 at the initiation of the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. Now, today, many people will try to tell you that there is a difference between democratic socialism and communism. You want to know what Lenin said about that? He said, communism is socialism in a hurry. It's all the same. I have been a student of different cultures' cosmology for years. It fascinates me. Cosmology is what we believe about the universe. It's how we believe creation came into being and how that came about and how we relate to that creation story. And I've studied several North American, uh, Native American tribes and and, and, and numerous cultures, and, and there's a consistency, there is a commonality in all of it. Only humanism says we're not There was no creation, period. It's a modern invention that there was no intelligent mechanism behind it. All cultures believed in a supernatural realm. They believed in a supernatural creation. They believed in a war between good and evil. These are constant in every culture known to man up until humanism. But when you take God and any right or wrong out of the equation, what we believe rules us. And therefore, this thing comes about that we're seeing. This thing comes about that we're seeing. I'm gonna, and I, this, is re- this is really a message of encouragement. I know it doesn't sound like it right now. 
Well, we're going to get there. I'm going to turn the corner. I promise. Listen to this. Over the, I believe communism is demonically inspired. Now, I know I'm kind of preaching to the choir here, and that we're all pretty much in agreement about that. But the results of communism is, is that uh, by most statistics at least, but probably more than, 110 million people have been killed by communist governments since the Bolshevik Revolution. But over 1 billion, 500 million people have been murdered by abortion worldwide. That's a sobering statistic, isn't it? I learned yesterday that, uh, or yeah, it was yesterday, wasn't it? Uh, that uh, about, I think this, If correct me if I get this wrong, Crystal, you might remember, know this better than me, but about 58,000 uh, young American soldiers lost their life in the Vietnam War. Now, I, I was, I'm a Vietnam War uh, era guy. I was in the Navy. I never marched in the swamps, but uh, 58,000 people died American soldiers died in the Vietnam War. But 150,000 more, 150,000 babies have been aborted at that abortion clinic right there in, in Charlotte. Three times more people have been killed in that one abortion clinic than died in the Vietnam War. Think about that. That's horrible. That to me is like, wow, we, we need to wake up. We need to wa- Byron's message last week declaring the evils of child sacrifice for prosperity was powerful. If you didn't hear it, listen to it on the web. Over 60 million abortions have occurred in the USA alone since 1973. That's about 17,000 a week. 19 million black babies have been aborted since Roe versus Wade. 19 million black children. About a th- right now, the current statistics is about a thousand per day. Now I'm going to ask Maya to come up and share something that she shared with me yesterday that happened that that March that I think shows the craziness of what's going on today in the world. Yesterday, when we were praying at the abortion clinic, um, I was sitting next to Crystal. We we're praying, and she went off and I'm like where did Crystal go and I looked and I saw her and she was standing next to Byron and Byron was giving an interview I don't know if any of you watched the Love Life live stream that was happening and he was (laughs) surrounded by a pack of pro-abortion crazy people and um, Crystal was standing on his left and I just sort of wedged my way in on the right and was trying to flank him because they were 
literally, there, if you saw the web stream, don't show it to your children, they were mocking, they were cursing, like very foul. And um, I sort of had to box one of these girls out to get her away from Byron so he could try to give the interview. And um, she got in my face, and she got in, like, really, you know, it was like, Black Lives Matter. Okay, no, stop there. So... <laughs> We're talking about being nonsensical. This is a white person who supports abortion, who's telling a black person who is pro-life that black lives matter. And it was really just sort of confounding, really. It really is. Because, and I was just thinking, I was like, that's why we're here. Black lives do matter. They matter in the womb. They matter in society. Women's lives matter. Black babies' lives matter. And it just, it, it like, it, black lives, it was just like so, that was her mantra. And we're talking about what was going on. There was one of these girls that had, she had um, a mask on her face, and it had white lettering on it, and it said, pro-abort witch. Literally. These are the, this is what is going on at the abortion clinics. They're not even hiding who they are and what they stand for and what they do. So it was really very sobering and sad. But, you know, we were there and standing in the gap and praying for God to bring his kingdom and to shine light. So really do pray. And I was just telling Jim earlier, it was like I felt like just thinking about it, sort of reflecting what happened was literally like, and you alluded to it earlier, it was like we were seeing, they call it, the the messianic people in Israel, they call it demonstrations. Like literally these, it was like manifestations of the demonic in your face. So, I mean, they were really attacking white, white men. It was very, very noticeable. They were coming out against white men. So it was just really, just beware, know what's happening. Pray and pray not only for the moms, but pray for those people. They're they're lost, they're deluded, they're confused, they're deceived, and they, yeah. So, and also in terms of Black Lives Matter, study Margaret Sanger, study her life, study what she believes. Like she was a person, the founder of Planned Parenthood. She hated black people. She hated Jewish people. She was all about. Uh, sort of cleansing society through getting rid of unwanted people through abortion. And these abortion clinics are mostly in poor and minority neighborhoods. So wake up. Like, yeah. One last statistic, and then I'm moving on. Um, By that... uh, world stat thing it's a neutral it's not a christian statistic page that you can go to to see current statistics i checked it yesterday and as of yesterday um, well over 28 million abortions have occurred this year worldwide and only 844,000 deaths by covid so uh i think one of the attacks of the enemy is that currently in the United States, unless you are fearful, you are not patriotic or kind. Do you, do you get what I'm saying there? Unless you're fearful. Now, I carry a, 
I carry a mask in my pocket. I'm not anti-mask. If you don't want to shake hands with me, you don't have to. But if you want to hug, we can. You know? Uh, my personal thing is, is yes, COVID's real. But I probably stand a greater chance being killed driving down I-77. <laughs> and I'm not going to quit doing either one of them, hugging people or driving. But now, I'm saying all that to say this. Okay, to, to let you know that what's going on is much more profound than politics. It is a spiritual battle to impede the last great in-gathering, that end-time revival that we've all been praying for for so many years. We need to have our eyes opened that we are in the midst of unprecedented spiritual warfare, whether we like it or not. Whether we like it or not. I believe this is my, I'm making this declaration. I believe this. I've been convinced. I'm not saying this to pump anybody up. I believe this, Andrew. I believe this with all my heart. I believe that we're on the cusp of the greatest revival and outpouring in all of history. I think that the unreasonable chaos that we see in our nation is a manifestation of the enemy trying to hinder the manifestation of the glory of God. But God, God himself is still seated on the throne. And he is, the, he is still the only wise and sovereign Lord of all the earth. That which is written in the scripture is how I am determined to think about this day in which I live. I will not allow those statistics to warp my confidence out of shape. Because I know in whom I have believed. And I have personal testimony to what he has done in me, inside this hulk of old guy that you see, there's a spirit that's alive and well. In Psalm 24, verses 1 and 2 and 7 through 10, it says this. It says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to Him. Every color, every shape, every age, every ethnicity, every national origin belongs to the Lord. He is God over all the earth and all tribes and tongues and people and nations are welcome before His throne. And therefore, they are welcome at my house. For he laid the earth's foundations on the seas and built it upon the ocean depths. Open up, ancient gates. Open up, ancient doors. And let the king of glory enter in. Open up, United States. And let the king of glory come rushing in. Enough of this demonic crap in the society. I want the glory of the king of kings. 
Open up ancient gates. Open up ancient doors and let the king of glory enter. Who is this king of glory? Who is he? He's still the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. The Lord of heaven's armies is the king of glory. The churches in this nation are under demonic attack. But don't be deceived. The battle we are in goes way deeper than politics. We are in the midst of a worldwide spiritual battle that is unlike any I have ever witnessed in my lifetime. And it touches all levels of society. Biblical morality is now denounced as hate speech, no matter how lovingly it is shared or how much mercy and forgiveness is offered. I know you guys. You see, the public image, every image you see of religious people on Netflix, what are they like? Are they like the people you know in this room? Absolutely not. I have never met a group of people that are more accepting and welcoming and generous and loving and forgiving and filled with grace and mercy than you guys. But there's many congregations like you guys all over the world. Yesterday, what was it, eight or ten churches from the Lake Norman area? They're at that love life thing. And I was amazed. I was astounded at the palpable love they demonstrated and the deep wisdom that they were using to to defend life and love and peace and forgiveness and mercy. It was wonderful. But in Isaiah 5.20 it says this. It says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. There's going to be a dividing. There's going to be a separation between the sheep and the goats. There's going to be a a separation between those whose hearts are filled with the love of Jesus and those whose hearts are filled with with demonically inspired hatred and divisions and accusations. This is not a time to accuse the brethren. This is not a time to be judgmental of the church. It says, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Fill your eyes with love and you will behold the glory of God manifested in His church. I don't want to see what's wrong with the bride of Christ. I want to see what's right with her. You want to make an enemy real quick? Come over to me and start criticizing Kathy. Because I'll go to war for that girl. She may be the nicest person I ever met, and I can't believe she stays with me. We are going to see the glory and love of God demonstrated through the church openly to all the world to see.
And this will bring in a great harvest of redeemed souls for the glory of Jesus Christ. I believe that all of this turmoil is serving the purposes of God. I believe that. I believe that. How much time? Oh, I ain't got no more time. Okay. Five, no, that's five minutes. I got five minutes. Okay. Well, in, in, in my studies of uh, myths and legends and cosmologies of various cultures, uh, it's remarkable that almost all cultures have a flood story. You know, it's kind of like it, like it maybe happened. If all these disconnected cultures all have a flood story, you know, sometimes instead of a big boat, they found shelter in the tallest palm tree, you know. But they all got a flood story. Well, you know, they've all got an Aladdin's lamp story. We kind of co-opted uh, co that from the Arabs. But the, almost every culture has a story that the basic teaching in that story for the culture is be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. Okay? And, and there is a principle that sometimes for God to take us where he wants to take us to answer our prayers, we have to go through things that may seem disagreeable at the moment. But in the end, when you look back, you see it was God bringing you along all the time. Do you see what I'm saying? There is now much more clearly defined than ever before a difference between light and dark, between truth and lies, between righteousness and sinfulness, between mercy and judgment. All of these things are being brought to the forefront. And I promise you, I saw the body of Christ yesterday down there in Charlotte on display for anybody who had eyes to see. It wasn't hard to spot, was it, Robert? It was so obvious. The difference between people filled with hate and people filled with love. It was out in the open. It's time for the church to get out in the open. We've prayed for years about how can we get the church outside of the four wall restrictions of the meeting house and into the streets. Well, it's happening, brothers. It's happening, sisters. God is going to give us the opportunities to feed the hungry, to defend innocent lives. He's going to let us be publicly on display. So this is a time to repent of anything that hinders the work of the Holy Spirit in your life and ask Him to give you witty inventions about how you can take the gospel out to your neighborhood and then on to the nations. This is the time. We were born for such a time as this. Like Uncle Mordecai said to Queen Esther when she was wanting to hide up in the palace with the king and she was maybe afraid to speak up for her people. And Mordecai says, Darling, you may have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. You better speak up. Well, I think that's the word for the church today.
Darling, you were born for such a time as this. We were born for such a time as this. That, I really like that. Uh, uh, Stuart's not here this morning, is he? Where is Gittleman? He ain't here. But they had this guy, David Benham, that was here, and he spoke. And, uh, and he really impacted my, my heart. He talked about living like Daniel with lions, without fear. I want you to be free from fear. I want you to be bold in the proclamation of the gospel. I think what we've wanted all of these years, Joe, is about to come to pass. You sense it? There's, there's a certain physical sensation I get in my body just prior to a great move of the Holy Spirit. I'm, this is, I'm opening up. This is personal. This may sound weird. You may never you invite me back again. <laughs> but I get jittery. I get jittery. Uh, do, does anybody know what it's like to really be uh, have an adrenaline rush when your life is being threatened? <laughs> I, was, I was in Africa once upon a time, and they took me out to this game park. And I was walking around, a little old ignorant hillbilly boy. I was out there walking around. So I go down in this gully, and I'm coming up out of this other gully. And I always like to walk in the woods alone, but I was out there by myself. I shouldn't have been. I didn't know the squirrels and rabbits over there. So I come up out of this gully and through some bushes. And I look over here, and there's a baby rhino. Right over there, a little calf rhino. And then right over here, kind of behind me, was mama rhino. And I thought, ooh. <laughs> I got that jittery feeling. It was fight or flight time, and I wasn't picking no fight with mama, I'm promising you. So I just stood real still. I froze in that moment. But that jittery feeling you get when you're really... Uh, frightened or really excited or the emotion, like when you just scored that goal in soccer, you know, you, you get all you, that, that adrenaline rush at the end. I'm feeling that in the spirit almost constantly right now. There's an energy. There's an energy in the spirit realm that I, I've been telling Kathy, I'm just anxious. Kathy, I feel like something's going to happen, but I don't know what it is. It's like, man alive, this is going to break loose. Are we together on that, Dave? Lord, come. Lord, come in all your glory. Lord, come and pour out your Holy Spirit on this earth. Lord, come and set out all the rights and the wrongs and the, 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 all of this stuff, Lord. This mess is beyond our ability to fathom. What that girl was saying to, to Maya did not make sense. A little angry white girl telling Maya that black lives matter. And I'm telling you, Maya's life matters. Obviously. I mean, we don't have to dance the PC, say the right words thing around that. For sure. The demonic attacks don't make sense anymore. They're desperate. They're desperate. They're desperate. They don't even make sense. So, Lord, we reject everything the world is telling us through the mass media. We reject it and we say we are for biblical morality. 
We are for biblical sexuality. We are for biblical, uh, how do you say, uh, preserving of life. Come. Come, Lord. I want you guys, are, are you encouraged? Are you encouraged? Do you see this as your day of opportunity, Matthias? Yes. Jump on up there and preach the gospel, Matthias. Stand up. That is one child that is not being raised to be a coward. That is a brave young man right there. He's going to preach the gospel along with Matteo. Well, more of it. More. I'm done. Oh, I'm going to read just one more thing. It says, Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory He will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God reveal who His children really are. I want the world to see who I know this man truly is. I know who he is inside because I've seen him in good times and bad times. Wow. Amen. Now, and this is really what I want, I want to pray to end this. But what Jim shared, I, I hope you get, got this, is what we got to do is break through the realm of darkness. He kept saying, this is not just about politics. And the only way you're going to ever be able to see what he's seeing and what's really happening is, is you got to go through this. you gotta, you got to overcome the darkness in, that's on us. Okay? Because it can't just be about politics. This is way bigger than politics. This is way bigger than Joe Biden, Donald Trump. It's beyond them, way beyond. And if we don't see that and begin to break through that barrier that sets on us, this darkness, darkness, but we can break through that darkness and begin to look through and begin to see what God's seeing and hear what God's hearing. He shared some of what God wants us to know. But we have to do that individually and not because if we stay stuck in this realm, I don't care if you are right or left, you're beat, you're defeated. Because this is not a right or left thing. This is spiritual. And that's the only way we're going to win this battle is to win it spiritually. Are y'all getting this? And that's really what I heard coming out of Jim's mouth. And so I want us to just to ask the Lord to help us to really see what's happening in this world. See what's really happening in the realm of the Spirit. And begin to give us God's strategies on how we live it out down here on this earth. Because God really wants to reveal that to us. I really, really am convinced of that. So won't you stand up? Okay. Jackie Rummage. I'll make this quick. Um, this morning I was driving to work and I had the radio on, and one of the things on it was that 
you know, think about something that challenges you. Think about something that you're afraid of, something that would require you to go way outside of your comfort zone, you know, and then do it and then look back. And they were kind of talking about different things that had happened and what it did to them, how it changed them, that kind of thing. So I'll back up to a week ago. I bought some new little baby chickens and they were at the barn and they were cute and we peep, peep, peep and all that stuff. And Every day I go to the barn, it's like, Lord, protect me from the ground serpent. Protect me because I hate snakes. I mean, I, that's one thing I cannot handle. Went in the barn. Peeps were chattering. Went in. A black snake was in with them. Had one of them halfway down its throat. And before I could even think, I screamed no. And I grabbed that snake by the head. <laughs> I grabbed the side of his face. I made him let go of that baby. And I proceeded to kill him with every ounce of adrenaline that I had. And I was not happy about it. But I did it. I had a complete breakdown afterwards. I mean, hyperventilated, crying, screaming, all of this. My chickens are alive. The snake's dead. So I just want to say to you, it's time we come out of what's comfortable. It's time that we put aside what we're not sure of. I would have never wanted to pick up a snake in my life, believe me. But it came down to the point of, I'm fighting for this. This is a fight in me. And you're not going to take it from me. And it's time that we get completely out of our comfort zones. It's time for us to say, I don't want to approach somebody that's hurting. I don't want to pray for somebody that's hurting. I don't want to go out and fight. I don't want to speak up. I'm supposed to be nice and calm and passive and be agreeable. No, we're not. Because if we don't fight now, we are facing a lot of things that none of us even wants to think about. And we have our families, we have our children, we have grandchildren, we have everything else that even if you don't want to do it, do it. Because I promise you, once you do, you will have something inside of you so great to know that you can never, ever, ever walk away from something again. If it's going to not, you're not going to let it beat you. You're not going to let it defeat you. And that adrenaline rush, believe me. It's real. That whole shaking thing, that whole, oh, my gosh, what am I? Do it, though, because you will find out just what's in you and what God's placed in you for such a time as this. Okay, we're going to pray Ephesians 3.10, that the manifold wisdom of God will be made known to the powers and principalities in the heavenly places by the church. So it says, the manifold wisdom of God will be made known to the powers and principalities in the heavenly places by the church. That's us. And God wants us to break through from the realm of the soul into the realm of the spirit and begin to see what he's seeing and hear. And then we can have authority and power to, to grab the chicken out of the snake's mouth. And then, like she says, have your little breakdown later. <laughs> so, Lord, this morning, we are declaring something that we believe. Say, I believe. I believe, I believe in you, Lord. I believe, I believe Jesus is king. I believe I was put on this earth for now. This can be my greatest moment. And I choose this moment. I'm not going to run. I'm not going to stick my head in the sand. But I'm going to see a breakthrough. 
and I'm going to repent. I'm going to humble myself. I'm not going to engage the flesh, but I'm going to engage in the spirit realm. I'm going to break through what my soul says into the realm of the Holy Ghost. And I say that right now. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in my life, in my neighborhood, in my country, in my family, in the name of Jesus. Just like it is in heaven. Use me, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Send me, Lord. Send me, Lord. And make sure I know that you're with me. Because I might be scared. But that's okay. God bless you. God bless you. And come back. (laughs) Amen. Uh, Ministry team, that's right. Anybody want prayer? We got people who will pray for you. And also, if you want to give to Jim, you can make sure you remember to do that. God bless you. It's okay. We're just going to pray for y'all. Um, but just really quick, Rachel had this awesome experience about public ministry. So if that's something that you are inci- excited about or you feel like you need the boldness that Jackie was talking about, come up here and Rachel's going to pray for you, okay? So just as we're dismissing, if you feel like you need boldness because you want to see the Lord do something, manifest where you're at, come up and see us, okay?